The scripture reading this morning is from uh, two passages, a passage from the Gospel according to Luke and a passage from uh, the book of Colossians. And so I invite you to, to listen and to hear the word of the Lord. From Luke 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then from Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Mighty God, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Please speak deeply into our lives today through your word. Amen. Amen. Do you remember what happened on the date 12-12-12, December 12, 2012? Well, it just so happened on that date, my wife and I were celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. Yes, congratulations me. Okay, I know, you wanted to say that. So I thought I would take advantage of the fact that I work at Timothy and my wife works at Timothy in the cafeteria. So for the first uh, high school lunch, I gave 20 students each a red carnation. And so uh, my wife during the lunch times works the cash register And so 20 students came up to her happy anniversary, gave her carnation. And then uh, during the middle school lunch, I had seen the middle schoolers earlier that morning uh, in middle school chapel. I said to them, every single person go up and say happy anniversary to her. And she said, I think everyone did. Okay? (laughs) Now for the second second lunch, uh, this is the time when I have my lunch break. Uh, Near the end of that time, I walked into the, the back of the cafeteria And I stood up on the uh, cafeteria table bench there and got a microphone. And uh, students saw me, started cheering. My wife was at the other end of the cafeteria. And I spoke uh, beautiful, romantic words of of love and my best friend and happy anniversary. And when I was done, I got off the bench and I picked up a a vase of 20 red red roses and I moved to the, the center aisle and And she was back there, and she moved to the center aisle. 
And then I just moved forward and she moved forward. The students were cheering, the school secretaries wiping tears from their eyes behind me, and we met in the middle and I presented the roses. I'm telling you, I have a good marriage. Amen. I'll tell you, it, it, was, it was nice. It was, it was sweet. That event there, does that mean that I necessarily have a good marriage? Maybe it's an indication of it, but it's not just that. You know, I better not think, well, I'm done with this marriage thing for one more year. You know, I'll revisit it again next December. No! Of course, marriage involves living life committed together day after day. When you're happy with the person, when you're frustrated with the person, you still communicate with each other because you're committed. I want to tell you all something right now. Being here this morning is a good thing. It's an important thing in your walk with God. But it doesn't mean necessarily that you have a vibrant, alive, real walk with God. In order to have that type of of path of discipleship with Jesus Christ, yes, you need the events. Yes, you need to go to church But you also must have this this daily communication, this daily interaction with Almighty God. And one of the most fundamental ways in which we do this as Christians is simply through prayer. Be devoted to prayer in 2013. The theme of this message is be devoted to private prayer. Be devoted to private prayer. I'd like us to think this morning three simple things. How is your prayer life? Second, what is the biblical call to prayer? And then third, I'd like to think about some practical things, how you can improve your prayer times. This message was actually born out of my own dissatisfaction with my prayer life. I've been thinking about it and praying about it for the last couple months. And I'm concerned about the state of prayer in the Church of Jesus Christ, just kind of in America, among us. And I thought, what better way than as we we anticipate 2013 to revisit one of the most fundamental spiritual disciplines of our lives. Be devoted to private prayer. So first, how is your prayer life? I'd like you to be, to be honest. Uh, be honest, really, with, with how you do with it. But also be honest how you feel about it. I mean, maybe you're not too excited about it. Yeah, it's boring. Or I get so easily distracted. I mean, we need to be honest with where we're at and not sugarcoat uh, the issue. So in uh, the month of December, I teach uh, two 10th grade classes uh, in the morning. Actually, the month of November, uh, my, on one particular day when my classes came, I said to them, all right, make sure you have your cell phone and it's out and it's on. They're like, whoa, 
This is good. Uh, can I go to my locker? Go to your locker. Get your cell phone. Okay. So everybody had their cell phone. I think in the first class there was one boy that didn't have a cell phone, and he just offered editorial comments the whole time. But all right. So uh, they had their cell phones out. And uh, there's this website called polleverywhere.com. And what you can do is uh, text uh, anonymously, text responses to a question. And on the screen, you will see the bar graph move in real time as students text in their responses to the questions. So it's kind of cool. You see the bar graph starting to move as students are giving their uh, uh, responses. And uh, so I wanted to share some of the results of uh, that morning with you. There was uh, a 45-ish, 40 to 45-ish students total that uh, took this little survey. Uh, so the first uh, question was, how often do you spend 10 minutes or more of focused, uninterrupted, private prayer per week? And uh, it's kind of small. Uh, uh, on this side, it says zero days. Uh, the next one, one to three days. Then four to six days and then seven days uh, per week. And uh, so you see the, you know, students, they're honest with these types of things, I, I generally think. And uh, you will see the large percentages when it comes to zero days or one to three days. I picked, I picked 10 minutes. That was arbitrary. But I thought, oh, that shows a little commitment, you know, 10 minutes. Um, and certainly, can we not do this? Is this too much of a call? T ten minutes? So uh, that was the first question. Uh, the second question had to do with distractions. So uh, next, uh, next slide, prayer distractions. Uh, what distracts you when you pray or when you attempt to pray was the question. And uh, the, the first bar there is wandering thoughts. Uh, second is the screen. Uh, maybe that's your phone screen, uh, computer screen, whatever. Uh, C, don't feel like it. D, noise in the house, and E, other. And uh, you can see uh, about 60% uh, wandering thoughts. Kind of the, what I got from that is there's a lot of good intention. I mean, I really know I should pray, and I want to do it, but not working well for me, just wandering thoughts. Uh, the next uh, question had to do with uh, your contentment with your amount of prayer. This had to do with your feelings. You know, how, how do you feel about this? How much does it bother you uh, that you do not pray more? So uh, on the far left side, uh, that bar says not at all. Doesn't uh, bother me at all. Uh, you know, 27, 28%. The middle... One is it sort of bothers me, and then uh, the last bar is it doesn't. Uh, I, the last bar is it bothers me a lot. On the uh, your your right, uh, how much does it bother you? Uh, my last uh, question was one where they could actually uh, text in words, okay, and uh, show that. Uh, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to prayer? Uh, always asking for things, I'm not thankful, being very busy, uh, lack of things to pray about, there are better things to do, uh, getting texts and answering them, uh, making time for it, what I should pray about, overwhelmed with prayer needs, 
remembering to pray, I don't feel like it, not a good Christian, and the big oak tree outside my window. That was a joke for me. Another, I didn't put all of them. You know, this is a little risky for a teacher to say text your response. And to be honest with you, the first response on this was, I hate trees. And then they typed back, I'm just joking, I like trees. You know, So I had some goofy ones in there, but I thought these were, uh, uh, these were good. Um, I asked my eighth graders, uh, this is not on the screen, I asked my eighth graders, uh, what are your uh, struggles when it comes to prayer? And uh, just write them down on a card anonymously. These were good. These were insightful. And these are not for eighth grade. They reflect us. They reflect us. Um, now, maybe not the first one here. Uh, school, sports, homework, bedtime. I'm really tired, so I say I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, I run out of things to say. And I don't have enough time. Um, I get distracted by life, responsibilities, and friends. Um, I get distracted by bad things on the media and with games that I play. Uh, I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to say. I say the same thing every time. I forget to or I only pray when I need, I only pray when I need something fixed. So my question for you, really, honestly, what is the state of your private prayer life? And with that, we need to ask the question, what are we devoted to? Did you hear that in Colossians 2, be devoted to prayer? What are you devoted to? And the reason why I think that's a good word is because, think about it, whatever you are devoted to, you will make time for. I mean, we can say we're too busy and there's all sorts of things going on, but it's kind of interesting. Whatever you're devoted to, you will make time for. Now, some things we're devoted to are, are wonderful. We need to be devoted to them more, like family. Uh, some things might be clearly sinful, and we just, I mean, we need to get rid of them 100%. But there's a lot of things in life that we can be devoted to, and they may be good or bad depending on the amount of time and depending upon our hearts. Because, of course, when it comes to devotion, really, yes, we make time for it, but it's a heart issue. And what does God look at? Almighty God looks at the heart. The other reason why it's important to think about devotion is because devotions in one area can weaken our devotion in another area. For instance, I think in our world today, uh, we are just very devoted to how we feel. And so, I feel bored, I entertain myself. I entertain myself more, and I don't know what that means <clears throat> for you particularly, but, you know, I have some time, I will entertain myself. I want something, I will buy it. Whether I can afford it or not, I want something, and I will buy it. 
And if we consistently and always respond to our devotions in certain types of ways, I believe it's hurting our devotion to prayer. And if we spend too much time on certain things, it's hurting our time that we could spend praying. So it's very important for us to ask that heart question, what am I devoted to? Now, when you think about the subject of lack of prayer in your life, please do not compare yourself to others. I'll never be like that person. Or, well, I certainly pray better than this person. No, don't compare yourself to others. It's, it's your walk with God here. Do not uh, treat prayer as just, okay, I've done my good deed for the day, check, now I can move on with my life. No. God calls us to live life uh, prayerfully and, and worship, so we shouldn't treat private prayers as merely a check, and we should not treat prayer as something just to make us feel better. Ah, oh, did that uh, prayer thing, and now I feel less guilty, and now I can go on. When it comes to private prayer and your lack of private prayer, uh, what should you do? As I've already said, you should be honest with yourself. You should be accountable. Uh, there's another man that I meet with on a regular basis. When we meet together, one of the questions we address is, how is your prayer life? I kind of, I think every, every Christian needs another person saying, how is it? We need to be accountable. I, I think we need to challenge ourselves. And this morning, that's part of my goal. Part of my goal is for you to shift a little in your seat. Not too good. And I want to challenge you in your walk with God, your discipleship with Jesus, with your prayer life. And we also need to trust in the Lord. We cannot do this on our own. My point in bringing this up is not just, you know, you better get better or else. It's, we are weak, but he is strong. Lord, I need you. I trust in you. Help me in this. So how is your prayer life? Uh, second, what is the biblical call to prayer? What is the biblical call to prayer? I read from Luke 11, and at the very beginning of that chapter, of, of that uh, story, Jesus is praying. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 9, 18, once when Jesus was praying in private, continues on. I don't know about you, but if there is one human being in human history that did not need to have a daily time of private prayer, I would kind of pick Jesus. The second member of the Trinity, the eternal Son of God, holy, in constant communion with the Father, if there's one person that doesn't need a time of private prayer, I would think it's Jesus. And what do we read in God's word? 
Jesus spent time in prayer. Maybe he needed it. Certainly, he was being an example to his disciples. And I would also say, certainly, he is being an example to you and I. Colossians chapter 4 says, Be devoted to prayer, be watchful and thankful. Be devoted to prayer, be watchful and thankful. What's going on there? Be devoted, be consistent, be committed. That word devotion also has a connotation of strength. Get into this. Be devoted. And while you're being devoted, be watchful. Be alert. Be alert to what's going on around you in the kingdom of God. Spiritually, what's going, around, what's going on? Be alert and be thankful. Be thankful for past blessings. And currently, when you pray, don't pray with a demanding attitude. This needs to happen. Pray with a sense of, of hope and contentment. Be thankful. Now, the past several days, I've been watching uh, uh, girls' basketball. Little little tournament in a while. And uh, so I'm sitting there watching girls' basketball, just thinking about the sermon, and I'm like, oh, there's something good here. The coach practices with these girls. And the coach decides, here are my starters, and here is my bench. During the game, I will decide who comes out, who goes in. Now, a real team player should not be, I deserve to play a lot because I am the force on the team. When the coach puts a player in, that player should be thankful. The coach, the coach trusts me to work for the team at this point in the game. The players should be thankful. The player also, when they get in the game, they have got to be devoted to the game. This, to be good, to be skillful in basketball, you need to have a little competitive fire in you, right? And you also need to be alert, always alert. If you're not alert, The ball is in the hands of the other team. Now, when that girl, those girls were on the court, that was was like things were happening. They were playing the game of basketball. This is life. This is life. My friends, prayer is life. It, It is real life. Prayer is happening. Now, it takes faith. It does. But too often we can treat prayer as, oh, when I have time, when I get to, oh, I guess today didn't work, you know, whatever. No. Prayer is fundamental with the operation of the kingdom of God. And God is calling us. He has designed his kingdom to operate with prayer. And we're engaged in communing with almighty God through prayer. Prayer is life. Be devoted to prayer. Be watchful. And be thankful. I'd like to uh, look to other Christians to also inspire me uh, to respond to the biblical call of prayer. Uh, Corey Ten Boom. 
Don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. Martin Luther, tomorrow I plan to work, work from early until late. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Wow. And uh, my, my last quote is bigger. And if you disagree with anything I say, you have to agree with this guy, okay? It's John Calvin. Are, are you all with me here? Okay, I mean, and uh, I've used this quote in other sermons before. I don't know if a sermon I preached here, but this quote, it, it just, it motivates me and inspires myself personally. Okay, so he says, we should ever aspire to God and pray without ceasing. Still, such is our weakness, it must be supported by many helps. His point is, if a person intends to pray without ceasing in a day, I will pray today without ceasing, you're not going to do it. We're weak as humans. So we have to work in certain helps in our life to help us live a prayerful life. What are those helps that he says? Consequently, fittingly, it is that each one of us should set aside certain hours for this exercise of prayer. Hours that should not pass without prayer. And he's not talking about hours literally, okay? It's hours in terms of times, all right? So it's, stay with me. Don't think this guy's, I can never do this. It means times, okay? Certain times... Uh, Hours that should not pass without prayer. Hours when all the heart's devotion should completely engage in prayer. Meaning, when we are focused and purposeful, doing nothing else but praying. When should we pray? And he goes on and, and lists some ideas. Times that would be private prayer. Times that would be uh, prayer with others, for instance, like before a meal and, and after a meal. Um, so he lists uh, suggestions. And then he says, uh, no superstitious observance of ours, this, whereby as if paying our debt to God, uh, we fancy ourselves paid up for the remaining hours. No, it must be a tutelage for our weakness, exercised and repeatedly stimulated. So I uh, just read three quotes of uh, uh, Christians deeply devoted to God that have echoed this call to be devoted to private prayer. And then finally, how can you improve your prayer times? How can you improve your prayer times? Uh, your perspective matters. Don't think about this as sit down and be quiet, you lousy Christian. You better endure the next 15 minutes. No. This is life. This is an invitation to grow in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, to commune with the living God who is God Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, we are to look to Jesus. We are weak, but he is strong. Titus 2. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people, 
It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. God's grace is for our salvation. God's grace is to give us the strength to grow in our prayer life as well. We need to look to Jesus. Jesus, I need motivation. I need help. Please guide me. And I believe God will answer this, this prayer. Uh, practical ideas. And so I just end with some uh, practical ideas on prayer. Um, think about these. Maybe one of them hits home for you. Uh, first, your body matters. Okay, we live, we live with the skin. Okay, we, we need to be aware of that. Your body matters. Uh, how you're sitting, where you're sitting. If you're kneeling, if you're standing, pay attention to that. And if you need to move, move. If you're feeling antsy, okay, kids, okay, youth, okay, all of us, myself included. If you're feeling antsy, the Bible does not say thou shalt sit and pray. I mean, honestly, when I was, I prayed a lot for the sermon today. There were times when I prayed for this that I was just praying and, and walking. I, I was gearing up and I, I couldn't sit down. This is good. You know, and I, okay, praying. Your body matters. I prayed with a couple elders before the service. They didn't remark on this, but I was stretching out before we prayed. My body matters. I needed to, needed to stretch. So pay attention to your body. Second, plan time. Body matters. Plan time. Make time. If it's important, make time. And if you blow it one day, it's all right. The next day. Uh, whatever is important to us. Uh, what are ways in which you waste time that you can just cut out the waste and spend time in prayer? Uh, now, we live in a day and age with online access. It is all around us. Mobile devices, smartphones, tablets, the nearness of the computer. Uh, I think we need to be very religious about using online as a tool and then pushing it to the side when it needs to be pushed to the side. Done. I need to pray. There are some of you in this room who the last thing you do before you go to sleep is you are online or you are looking at the screen. And the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is you're online or you're looking at the screen. Now, I know the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not be online when you wake up. However, in the name of being devoted to private prayer, to be devoted to our relationship with Jesus, how is he calling us to respond to these devices, to technology today? How is he calling the church and Christians to respond to use that in a way that is a helpful tool without hindering our walk with God and that is my point, and that's something that we need to think about, we need to say, and we also need to talk about. I'm not the last word on this, of course, but we do need to think about it and talk about it. So, planning time. Uh, focusing your thoughts, what to say. I would encourage you, if you have a problem with a wandering mind, here's what to do. First of all, have a pattern for prayer. 
kind of like a plan, like acts. Adoration, which is worshiping God, confession of sin, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication, which is requests, praying for things. Okay, and, and just move through that. Some people use the Lord's Prayer. They pray the Lord's Prayer, and then they just go line by line and then offer other prayers after each line. The Lord's Prayer can be a pattern. Do you know what I do? Actually, this, this is good. I take the, the worship service, and this is my pattern for prayer. I begin with worship. Okay, we, God calls us into his presence. I begin with worshiping God. And then I move to confession, like we did this morning. I confess my sins. After that, I have my pastoral prayer. And I, I pray for, for family, for church and ministries, for school, and all. pray. Um, I don't take an offering. Uh, then, then I will uh, say a passage of scripture that I've, I've memorized, or passage of scripture, and then I end kind of a benediction, with a blessing, asking God to bless me, not, not for me, but to help me live for him on this day. And so I, I kind of use a worship service as my pattern of prayer. And then also, I have a prayer list. And if you don't have a prayer list, this is good, because my mind wanders. All of our minds wander. So I can look at that list and sometimes even put my finger on the names. And your eyes don't have to be closed the whole time. You're looking. And I pray out loud. Not loud, but softly. Praying out loud helps me keep my mind on it. And I pray for this person. I pray for this person. And this person. Out loud with that list helps. There are other ways that can help focus your thoughts. These are just a few. Having a pattern for prayer and also having a prayer list. And if you don't cover your whole list every time, that's fine. Sometimes I'll just focus on one section of my list in my prayer. Uh, and then motivation. You need to pray about your motivation. Pray about your motivation. Lord, help me. Help me. Don't give up in prayer for motivation. You need to talk about your motivation with somebody else. I'm struggling. I don't, to be honest, I get bored. I don't feel like it. My thoughts wander. Talk to somebody. And then uh, one thing I do is I, I find someone that challenges me in prayer and I might read a couple pages. Uh, for me, it's a, a reformed minister from South Africa from the 1800s. He's written some books on prayer, Andrew Murray. I'll read a couple pages, and that it inspires me for prayer. My friends, this next week, there's nothing special going on in my marriage. But it's an important week. It's important to communicate, to live life with my wife, to love her, to be committed to her. It's important. My friends, this time that we have gathered to worship God is important. And I believe that as, as you come with a humble heart, God uses this time to build your faith. But this next week is important. My friends, take time for prayer. For the closing prayer of the sermon, I'm going to ask for uh, just some soft music. We do this sometimes in chapel at Timmy. And uh, before I speak 
a closing prayer. Uh, I, want you, I want you to have a moment to reflect on this message. I, I said a lot, said it quickly, and so I just want us to be still for just a moment, and I want to give you time to pray, to think, contemplate, how is God challenging you personally to be more devoted to private prayer in 2013?